Good morning, everyone. Um, <laughs> we actually are going to start off uh, with an applause for our brother, Jimmy Blaine. Among the many different areas uh, that I'm sure we've known Jimmy to serve, key has been tech, not just on Sundays, but on Wednesdays. And tech was very challenging in the beginning, and sometimes it is occasionally challenging. I was up there for a little bit, stressed out, and I left. But, <laughs> so, um, but he always kept his composure, no matter what was going on. And, and Richard sent me a text. He wanted, it was so important for you to know you will be very, very missed. And so we have gifts for you. We have a Starbucks mug. And we have a Starbucks gift card. That's funny because when we're, once Jimmy is done setting up, he always runs out for Starbucks, an appropriate gift. I'll try to see that you get the gift card. So let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for um, any opportunity. It's great to be able to serve. It's great to be able to be a vessel of the Holy Spirit. And your word is amazing. And, and, and just I'm so uh, impressed by how layered your word is. Uh, one verse we can read for the rest of our lives and always gain something new, something insightful about you. Please be with us today. Uh, let it be the Holy Spirit that speaks and not me, and uh, hopefully uh, people are really encouraged, really, by your word. I thank you so much for Christ, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. So, happy Thanksgiving. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Great, great. I see, I was excited for today because I see a lot of people tucked in, tucked in, a lot of people who returned back to Brooklyn. I say... We locked the door. Who's with me? Who's with me? I want to say also, I want to give another thank you to an amazing Brooklyn fellowship. Um, I had COVID, round two, um, two weeks ago, and people came through like crazy, uh, bringing food to me, shipping food to me, emailing me cards so I can get food for myself, cooking stuff. Um, I had so much soup, I had to like freeze some of it. Um, and I was taking tests every day to figure out when I could go back to work and I ran out of COVID tests. And so people brought me COVID tests. And um, one sister, she had about eight of them and in the bag, when I opened it up, she had labeled them according to expiration date. Yeah, that was huge, that was huge. So I really appreciate that. So thank you, church. Um, Brooklyn is... Uh, amazing, and it'll always be home in my heart if it's not always home for where my body is. <laughs> the call to holiness. Please turn your Bibles to Hebrews 12, 14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Holiness. Holiness is one of those words that has like heft to it. Right? God's love is easy breezy, easy to talk about. 
Um, but his holiness connotes a lot of different things. It connotes p- being pure through and through. Um, it also makes us think of a high ethical standard. It makes us think about how God is infinitely set apart. And even in that verse, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. There's like a hidden judgment in there. Without holiness, you can't get in. And that's probably not even the best analogy. If you looked at the Bible Project online, I don't know how many of you guys look at the Bible Project. It's basically a website that animates biblical concepts to make them easily accessible. And when they do the animation for holiness, I really love it because it shows this man reaching for the sun. The sun is holiness, and he's reaching for it, and his clothes are burning away, and his skin burns away, and eventually he just is obliterated. That's a more accurate picture of God's holiness and what it means that without holiness, no one can see the Lord. It's not that you are denied access. It's that you can't be in God's presence. Only holiness can be in God's holiness. Nothing unholy can exist in his presence. So I want to share a little bit about my past, a story that is part holy, part unholy. Um, When I was a younger Christian years ago, I was in the campus ministry, and New York was much smaller back then. So the campus ministry, all the boroughs met together in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, the Bronx. And I was uh, baptized into that ministry. And I was very young. I was 21, very much a virgin to almost everything, drugs, alcohol, anything. I hadn't really experienced a lot of different things. And about a year into my experience, um, I got curious. I got curious about certain sins. They were beginning to preoccupy my mind. And then one day I said, you know what? I'm just going to experience these sins. Foolishly, I thought if I experienced these things, I would get them out of my system. I did not. Um, I confessed it to the campus leader and then went right back to the sin. And then confessed it. And then this cycle began of me being at church on Sunday during the week, being in sin with other people, and then confessing it. And so one day, the campus, meter says, the campus leader says, I want to meet with you before Devo. So I get there at 7 o'clock. And he reads me the passage in 1 Corinthians 5 that talks about expelling the immoral brother. And I was like, in shock. And he said, basically, that's what's happening to you right now. You are expelled from church. And I was like, wow. So I left the campus ministry that day. And what I understand that happened, because I wasn't there anymore, is that he went into the audience and told every person in the campus ministry, if you see Darren on the street, you are not to speak to him. He is expelled from the church. And so now I'm not able to go to church anymore. And so my friends and family, they're asking me, hey, you used to be so, you'd be at church four times a week and now you're home all the time. What's going on? And I was honest with them because I didn't have a problem. I thought what he did was the right thing and I still do. Um, So I told people what happened. And they're like, how can you go to a church like that? And you want to go back? Like, that's crazy. Like, that's not how godly people, you don't expel people when they're struggling. And so after a while, I stopped telling people the story. You know, they would ask me why I don't go to church anymore. And I would just say, you know what, I lost interest. Because they didn't really understand. People think that God's love and his judgments are incompatible. And they have a hard time wrestling with God's love and his holiness. This, this verse in Hebrews 
is to believers, people who you would think got it on, you know, they got it. They know about holiness. And even believers need to be reminded that God's love and his holiness are inseparable. You can see this kind of thing played out on Facebook, right? The confusion, you know, between holiness and God's love, you know? It's like, can Christians participate in protests? My love says, yes, I'm going to stand up for your rights. My holiness says, maybe there's a different way to do it. Can Christians listen to rap music? My love for music and the arts and free speech says, yes. My holiness says, I need to go through my playlist, take a few things out. Can Christians date Christians from other religions? My, holy, my, my love says, let's do this. My holiness says, you know what, I think I'm going to pass on that. And I know that these questions exist on Facebook because people want to shed light into areas where it's challenging for them to see what the Bible has to say about it. And the real issue they're, the real issue they're dealing with is, as a Christian who is holy, can I participate in that? As a Christian who's holy, can I participate in that? Is it holiness that's holding me back? If I subtract holiness... I can have a lot of fun. I could go to that. I can go to that. It's the holiness that presents the issues, the holiness that's holding me back. As, you, as we try to reconcile God's love and his holiness, heaven help you if you make a mistake because then holiness becomes an insult, right? Then you're self-righteous or you're a holy roller or you're holier than thou. Holiness now becomes an insult. I wonder, too, in the Christian community, when we communicate about God, do we tend to feel more comfortable focusing on his love than on his holiness? Some people actually think you should not stress the pursuit of holiness. That's against salvation. They think you can't, you can't be holy. Only God gives you holiness. You can't pursue it. And they think that's against salvation. Or maybe sometimes we think the world needs God's love but maybe not so much as ethical purity. That's going to turn people off. Maybe we think the love is the hook, and then once we get them hooked, we'll backdoor the holiness. God's love is easy to get excited about. He has plans to prosper me, to give me hope and a future. You know, put that on my Thanksgiving plate. God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love? Yes, I'll take some of that. God will always be with me. Two helpings, please. In all these things, God works for the good of those who love him. Keep going. Keep going, keep going, keep going. I want some more. God will wipe away the tears in the morning, and pain and death will be no more. I need another plate. I need that. Then somebody brings out a tray of something else. What's in there? What is that? God's holiness. What's in it? (laughs) Separated to God, standing out, set apart, disassociated, segregated for God's purpose. What else is in there? 
ethically pure, blameless, unblemished, sinless. Mm, I don't know if I'm ready yet. Well, what, what's that stuff on top? Complete fidelity and a ferocious commitment to Jesus. You know what? I'll take a little bit, but don't put it next to my happiness and keep it away from my joy, and that's a little too much. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. The holiness of God should excite us just as much as his love does. Because if you're excited about his love and not his holiness, you turn his love into a lie. Holiness says that God's love, his judgment, his ethical purity, his set-apartness are inseparable. Thank you. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. We should be preoccupied daily with holiness. Why? Because the Bible is preoccupied with holiness. Exodus 15, 10 to 11 says, But you blew with your breath, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who among the gods? Who is like you? Who is like majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? Revelations 4. Each of the four living creatures has six wings and was covered with eyes all around. Even under its wings, day and night, they never stopped saying, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I love that they never stopped. Who was and is and is to come. Leviticus 19. Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy, the Lord... Because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Psalm 15, 1 and 2. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous. And I'm like Richard. I'm a big fan of quotes. So here's a few. Oswald Chambers, a Scottish evangelist and author, he wrote, Holiness, not happiness, is the chief end of man. Leonard Ravenhill, an English evangelist, this is actually my favorite one. The greatest miracle that God can do today is to take an unholy man out of an unholy world, make him holy, then put him back into an unholy world and keep him holy in it. The biblical writers, they understood that God's love and his holiness cannot be separated. And they celebrated God's holiness. So we need to do the same. The call to holiness. Please turn to 1 Peter 1, 13 to 16. And this is really where we're going to camp out for the remainder of service. And I just got two points. First Peter 1, 13 to 16 says... Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. I've got two points, and the first point is, to accept the, the call to holiness, you have to accept being set apart. God's holiness means he is infinitely distinct 
from everything. It's not the difference between apples and oranges. It's apples and, whoa, enormously, enormously separated. We got to be set apart in three different areas. We got to be set apart in our thinking. We have to be set apart from the people we used to be. And we got to be set apart from the community that we currently exist in. First place, be set apart in our thinking. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober. First thing is in our thinking. So when it says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, if you read the King James Version, it says, gird, your loin, gird the loins of your mind. Gird the loins of your mind, which is a little bit closer to what the original language was. And girding your loins was when you were going to, in ancient Israel, if you were going to go out to work, a lot of the clothing was very drapey very roby, and so it's just not conducive, especially for agricultural work, to have all that material around you. So girding your loins, getting ready to do work, means you take the, the material and you pull it from the back up through the front and you tuck it into your belt. So now the, there's no material flowing and now you're ready to work. The modern day equivalent to that is like rolling up your sleeves. The Bible is telling us in order to be holy, we need to roll up the sleeves of our mind. Romans 12 says we ought to be transformed having our minds renewed. The global fitness industry, right, working out, in 2020, they took in $97 billion. $97 billion. Just, not million, billion dollars just to look good. Now, there's some days when I look in the mirror and I can kind of see $97 billion. Not so much. But where, where do we place an investment when it comes to our mind? Do we match the investment that we have in our bodies? When you have time with God, and so we talk a lot about quiet times, right? That's when you get together with God, it's you and God, and it's you're praying and you're reading and you're having your devotional. When you spend time with God... It's devotional, but that's your time in the gym. That's when you're exercising your soul and your mind. That's when your love and your sacrifice and your holiness are pushed to the limit because it's God's standard that you're living by. You should exit your quiet times sweating, exhausted, cramping. And when people go to the gym, they do not spend 15 minutes. Yeah, I got the re did some research with Jimmy Unellis. He's like in there for an hour, right? They spend time in the gym. And it's the same thing with your time with God. The issue with time is not to be legalistic, but there are certain ideas in the Bible that take some effort and take time to, to pursue, to, to, to fully. Today, you're not going to get a full picture of holiness. You got to roll up your sleeves and go back and check that out yourself. Even this reference... The, the be holy because I am holy is a reference to Leviticus. Leviticus is, 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 is deep, but it's all about holiness. It's all about cleanliness. It's all about how to approach God and be clean. You've got to invest in deep Bible study. The men who've been up here speaking in the Call to series, I'm sure they spent weeks preparing their messages. When I was a young Christian, um, we didn't give Bibles 
to um, people who got baptized. I know that's something that we kind of do today. We gave them Bibles when they were studying. When they got baptized, we gave them study materials. We gave them concordances. We gave them encyclopedias. Um, We gave them dictionaries. Um, We gave them Thompson Chain references. That's a Bible, but we gave it to them because in the back of it, it had the dictionary and all the materials. Because what we were trying to communicate to the young Christian is the value and importance of deep Bible study. And who is our example of putting in all the effort to be close? It's God. There's not one quality that God has that doesn't manifest itself with an action. See, holiness can feel very abstract at times, and, you know, talking about God's separateness. But holiness manifests itself with God acting on our behalf. In Exodus 15, 11, Moses said, Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? Why was Moses celebrating God's holiness? Because God had just drowned the Egyptians in the Red Sea. In 1 Samuel 2, 1 and 2, it says, My heart rejoices in the Lord, in the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your presence. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. And whose words were these? These were the words of Hannah. She was a woman that agonized over her childlessness. And here she is praising God for his holiness because he blessed her with a son who later became a prophet. God in his holiness works so powerfully on our behalf. As we accept the call to holiness, we need to take the time to really dig in and get to know the God whose holiness we want to imitate. The other area we need to be set apart in is from who we used to be. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Continual self-denial is the life of someone who aspires to be holy. Steve Kennard, um, he has a series online, um, The Disciplines, and the idea behind The Disciplines is that if you empty yourself, then you're making room for God. And so these disciplines are opportunities to empty yourself and replace it with God, and empty yourself and replace it with God. And The Disciplines are biblical. They're biblical. They're in the Bible. They may not be called disciplines, but they exist. So like when the Bible says that Jesus went off early in the morning to pray, the discipline of prayer. Jesus said no to sleep, not because sleep was a sin, but because he wanted more of God. Jesus said man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he said this when he was in the wilderness fasting. The discipline of fasting I know fasting is not popular, but it's a discipline that will help us. The Bible says, do not worry about tomorrow, for each day has enough trouble for itself. The, the discipline of simplicity. Don't worry about all these things. Don't run after what other people run after, you know? Learning to say no, not just to sin. Saying no can be a discipline to help you to draw close to God. It's not just confined to sin. 
And how are we doing in the area of saying no when it comes to our finances? You do not need the latest iPhone. You do not need the latest iPhone, not when the phone is working. What about in what you listen to? Can I come down and get your phone right now and plug it in? See, holiness, holiness gets all over everything. It's like cat hair. It gets on your finances. It gets on your relationships. It gets on what you wear. It gets on your job. It gets on your home. It gets all over everything. The call to holiness is a call to be set apart from the world. This, uh, Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Now, I think today there's some stuff going on, football games today, right? So I'm not even going to list all the sins that exist in this world. We'll be here <laughs> for a long time. But um, I think we can all agree that the world has gone off the rails. Um, there's sin today that didn't even exist back then. So many things have been invented. And I think Satan has a double trick. He's got people doing all kinds of crazy sin, but then he's got the Christians thinking it's easy to be holy because we don't, we don't do those extreme things. And so it's easy to think I'm holy because my comparison is to the community. I ain't doing all that. Jesus was crucified because he stood out to the extreme. When I think about standing out, I think about Matthew 26, um, 58. I think about Peter. And the passage says, but Peter followed. So this is when Jesus was being led to crucifixion. And Peter was trying to, you know, see what was going on. Like keep, you know, involved to see what was going to happen to Jesus. And this passage in Matthew 26, 58 says, but Peter followed at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. We need to be infinitely different when it comes to ethics. We can't be people who follow at a distance so that we're sitting with the people who are still crucifying Jesus. Jesus was set apart, and so we need to be set apart from the community, set apart ethically. Of course, we're going to be around people because we want to rescue as many people as possible. In Genesis, the Bible says that we were made in God's image. And holiness holds each of us accountable to that image. Point two, to accept the call to holiness, you have to accept the call to be loyal to God. I'm going to read from Numbers 20, 6 to 12. But a little bit of background. In Exodus 17, Israel was in the desert. The nation of Israel was in the desert. And they were thirsty, and they were upset, and they were griping and grumbling about water. Moses went to God, and God gave him a set of instructions to hit this rock, and water will come out. And he did it. That was in Exodus. Well, now, in Numbers 20, the same scenario happened again. Israel is grumbling. They want water. There's no water. And so... Moses is upset at this point, and God says, speak to the rock and water will come out. Moses went and hit the rock, 
he did what he had done in the first scenario. And Numbers 20 gives us an idea of how the story ends. It says, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff, you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will pour out water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just that he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. In Moses' anger, he didn't, listen, he didn't follow the instructions that were given. We need to be people who follow God's instructions closely. The call to holiness is a call to obey every command of God. In Job 6, 8 to 10, it says... Oh, that I might have my requests, that God would grant what I hope for, that God would be willing to crush me, to let loose his hand and cut off my life. Then I would still have this consolation, my joy in unrelenting pain, that I had not denied the words of the Holy One. If we are to accept the call of holiness, we have to accept the call to be loyal to Jesus. We're going to get ready to have communion shortly. And uh, I'm going to read one more passage because this is important to know that there's a holiness that is bestowed upon us by God. 1 Corinthians 1, 28 to 30. It reads, God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. When we decide to make Jesus Lord of our lives, um, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, or rather, the gift of the spirit of holiness. And the reason is that God wants to reside in our space. The call to holiness is because God wants us to reside in his space. Uh, Let's pray for communion. Dear Heavenly God, um, we pray, God, that Regularly, we meditate on who Christ is and that holiness is something that we are seeking and that we celebrate it and that we're excited about it because the world needs uh, your love as much as it needs your holiness. Uh, We thank you so much for your word and the many reminders that exist in it. 
Um, we pray that um, you'll quiet our hearts now as we try to meditate on Jesus. And we just thank you so much um, just for today's service. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.